Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galt. Now today, we learn a little more about how to channel from a starseed ambassador to the Yao Yao Alien Collective and other various aliens as well. So Jonathan Trinity Martin is the ambassador who will be talking to us about the Starseed Ambassador training program that he has and also about how to channel and how easy it is to channel various alien collectives, which many of us and all of us can do if we choose to. So he's best known as the guy who talks to aliens from his Vice Media interview. And with that, Jonathan, welcome to Merkaba Chakras. Hi, thank you very much for having me on. I'm um, very excited and um, honored to be here. You've got a great podcast going and it's a real honor to be part of it. Oh, it's an honor for me to to have you here. And thank you for taking the invitation. I'm so excited to kind of talk about this because, you know, um, Starseeds is a kind of a kind of pop recently popularized term um that certain authors have spoken about and you have different youtube channels that speak about star seeds but in buddhism it actually dug into a very very old concept in buddhism and we call these ancient souls that come from um different planet systems universes dimensions that incarnate into the earth experience to help raise the consciousness of uh, humanity, we call these ancient souls toku children. So in Buddhism, we're very familiar with the concept of toku children and um, their intentions and their purpose, but there is a huge influx of toku children at this time. And so we're going to kind of learn a little bit from your experience um, and from your Starseed Ambassador Training Program at this time that we're transitioning uh, the collective consciousness into these higher dimensional aspects of being. So before we go into your work, can you tell us your story for how you even got into this in the first place? Because you have a pretty normal background. Yeah, for sure. Until, until around 2007, 2008 time, I was um, very much a, a regular guy. Like, um, I studied engineering and then sort of bounced from one boring job to another and um, couldn't really find any interest in that, in that world. And around 
2007-2008 that around about the same time as I scrapped that world and set up um, a gardening business that lasted 10 years until just a couple of years ago I became interested in conspiracies initially and which led me on to UFOs which were a much more brighter and exciting side of this world and so so I, so I began to dive deeper into that I came initially Dr. Stephen Greer's um, teachings. I watched his disclosure project with lots, lots of military witnesses talking about their UFO um, encounters, experiences, etc. And he, he also does what's called the CE5 protocol, which is a series of guided meditations to mm -hmm. make contact with extraterrestrials. And I was in a very open-minded place at the time. I, I didn't really know what was real, to be honest. I'd been researching all these conspiracies and I, I, didn't, I was very open-minded. So I was like, oh, we'll give this a go. It could work. And I started doing what he calls a coherent thought sequencing meditation, where we kind of do, do a meditation, go into what he calls cosmic consciousness, where we feel connected to spirit, to source. And from there, visualize like um, the Milky Way galaxy, then our solar system, then our planet, then the UK where I was living at the time, then my county, then some local landmarks like my local cathedral and some trees near my house. And I was doing this. So trying to piece together what he, what he was only like loosely talking about in his YouTube mm -hmm. videos at the time and make up my own system. And I combined this with visualizing flying saucers and the classic gray ETs mm -hmm. and had a spate of um, UFO sighting about a month later. It wasn't for, I was doing it every day for about a month. And I, at some point I kind of forgot about the ET thing. I was mm -hmm. enjoying the meditation so much. I was going into like really euphoric states and getting beautiful visions and becoming extremely peaceful. So I almost forgot about the fact I was trying to contact the ETs because I was getting a lot of visions as well. What were the visions now... that you were getting? Well, I actually distinctly remember them, um, like, you know, 11 years on, 12 years on, that there was there was one vision of, it was like a big green hill. And it was almost like it could have been in England, the UK, but I think it was maybe on another planet, I don't know, in another dimension, it could have been in another time on Earth, but it's just like a green hill. Mm -hmm. And it had like a castle on top of a very kind of English castle in a way. And around the top, like the turrets, there was um, there was monks dressed in uh, cyan blue robes, okay. holding cyan, cyan blue cushions, and and the cushions like had nothing on them. Okay. <laughs> and, and, but 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 there was like. I always remember seeing a little spark of light in the middle of the cushion, but there was nothing there. And it's like they were worshipping like source consciousness. They were all worshipping like like nothing in it, like spirit or nothingness in a way. I, I guess you understand the concept of nothingness coming from mm -hmm. em emptiness, coming from Buddhism. So they were kind of worshipping emptiness, the kind of idea that we all come from a space of like pure consciousness. And they all had these cushions and they were all walking along in a procession with like these cushions with nothing on it was quite amusing but the idea is they were praying to the highest because in it, that from their perspective nothing was you know like source and the highest and and the other vision i had was of um another world i feel it may be connected to some system in sirius but i don't know it's just an mm -hmm. intuition but it was a, a barren rock planet, like really hostile. Mm -hmm. But it was, but, but 
but like along the meridian of the planet, along a line in the planet, going right around the planet, mm -hmm. they built these crystal buildings, like these crystal like points that went right up like 200 feet into the sky mm -hmm. and they, they lived in a little enclave under the under the crystal points mm -hmm. that went so, so they were on this hostile world and all, all these like kind of blue beings like very very in a very tight-knit family community in a very hostile environment living in these crystal pyramids so okay that's, that's okay so question about um so so you're doing so you you were studying the you said Stephen Greer mm -hmm. okay so his yes. meditations to kind of get connected to source and then from that connection to source expanding yourself out further out into the galaxy out into the ethers and then when you get to that point of emptiness or nothingness then you focus on um, what you want to what you want to experience and what you want to you know kind of have insight into but you came from and this is very very common you came from like a conspiracy theory interest focused type of background so what um what led you to leave the conspiracy theory because that that has its own energy what led you to leave that and then shift yourself all the way over to almost a um a spiritual side of of ufology which when you understand ufology and the whole aspect of it, it's just basically consciousness in all different forms um, within creation. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Yeah. So I couldn't agree more. So, so, so yeah. So about a little while after I had these UFO sightings, I came across the teachings of Bashar channeled by Daryl Anker. Mm -hmm. And so looking back, I actually believe that I like created this because, of course, from the fifth dimensional perspective, we create our, our reality within our consciousness. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, so I understand how doing these coherent thought sequencing meditations and visualizing the, the image of a gray extraterrestrial, the classic right. gray with the big eyes, I um I actually manifested Bashar because Bashar is like but one of these greys with the big eyes, but he's actually a hybrid, part human, part grey. In so the supposed in the supposed future, parallel future. Yes, yeah. Right, right. So that's what so in your meditation, that's what came through when you um when you started doing that. Yeah, no, no, I I started visualizing these great ETs as part of the ET contact meditation to contact with the ETs. And then a few months later, I, I came across the channelings of Bashar. Oh. And, and I, I see how it was connected to me visualizing that. And, and it was Bashar's teachings that taught us how we create our own reality through what we focus upon that made me realize that focusing upon negatively oriented fear-based things was not serving me or anyone. So I, I began to move away and try to, you know, focus only upon like the highest love and light. And I'm, I'm still working on that. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so you just said something very, very critical um, in your shift from focusing on heavy on the conspiracy theories in the entertainment side that it provides, because it is amusing and it's entertaining. And you, you, you shifted your focus on more of the positive, focusing on creating positivity and creating and anchoring that fifth dimensional energy and that fifth dimensional um, reality to yourself and putting all your energy on that instead of focusing and putting your energy and kind of will, 
you know, kind of withering it away with the the negativity that conspiracy theories, as entertaining as they are, can take you down. So, so you so you decide to make that shift in where you you were going to focus your energy and your presence into. So, you made that shift. You decide I'm going to focus all my energy and time into the positive aspects of this incarnation and anchoring in the fifth dimensional elements of what you were getting. So then you, so what you started to create the YouTube channel or cause you at this point created the star seat ambassador program. Yeah, well, it was, um, I mean, the, the star seat ambassador program is something I've been, I, I, I've been wanting to do it for a long time and I've always been touching it and I've always been talking about it obviously, but it's something I've been focusing on more lately. And just quickly, I've actually made it totally public on YouTube. So it's all, I'm releasing a video every three videos a week and it's all totally free on my YouTube channel, Jonathan Trinity Martins, RC Training World. So, so if you're interested, it's all going free there. And yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, this was a process. I mean, there, there's still a part of me today that gets interested by that, you know, because I'm an engineer and a scientist. And when I hear like conspiracies about underground bases with teleportation devices and like stuff like this, you know, my engineering scientific friends like really interested. Mm. And but but obviously, when you get drawn into that and you start getting drawn into like you know a lot of dark energies, you know, everyone I'm sure on the channel is knows what we're talking about to some degree. It's um, yeah, you, you just realize it doesn't serve you. And and it's still a process I'm going through today because mm. it's like, um, you know, in our society that there's negativity and fear, especially at present with COVID. And, um, you know, it's really a process of understanding that there's kind of two polarities in re- reality, there's fear mm. and the love. And, and this is really the shift into the fifth dimension we're going through at the minute. We're going through this polarization and this acceleration where we like, like literally if we want to make the shift we have to choose love consciousness which is the opposite polarity to fear so we have to let go of fear and we have to be completely fearless and um, I'm not saying I'm 100% fearless myself but you know I'm still working on myself but but this is where we have to move to and you know so 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 looking at Facebook look you know we can't really step outside our door without without stepping into some limiting perspective perhaps a, a limiting belief is a is a better way to look at it than a fear-based belief so mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm still navigating that to this day to like understand when people are you know when I need to stay centered and what when to accept information from other people when people are offering me good information but uh, a lot of it for me is like filtering out a lot of noise so I can really stay focused and centered in my own being and mm. and bring my, my mission to this world and like not not let people like affect my affect my reality you know because if we're letting other people tell us what's right and what's wrong that's drastically affecting our our consciousness our vibration and our ability to follow our calling and our service right and, right and, yeah yeah that very very well said I mean like one of the things that I have come across with a lot of um toku starseed incarnates that i have as clients is um they get kind of bogged down with um the exterior world with the 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 mom the the mommy daddy issues or the melodramatic dramas that's going on in current in current society or you know and and these things are going to happen so one of the main lessons that many of them um struggle to do is to stay focused on what they came here to do 
because they only have a certain amount of time in this lifetime and in this specific element of reality to anchor in and set up um, basically the foundations that you know will be uh, leveraged by the next generation and on and on. So, um, so, but it's really hard for many of them to uh, kind of focus and compartmentalize uh, their life because they still have to manage their job. If they have a job, they have to manage their family. If they have children or or a spouse, kind of those relationships. So there's all these other elements, and then on top of that, they um, they get pulled in and sucked into spending two hours into uh, this social media feed that really didn't serve any purpose on them, or they get sucked into some kind of current affairs that's going on um, somewhere else. And then they spend all the time looking at that. And so all, all of a sudden, almost every single day, they're, they're losing a lot of time that they wanted to use to focus on doing the things that they came here to do, but it, it's being um, spent on all these frivolous things, um, these distractions is what I call them. So what is your what, what is your recommendation and what does the dif- different collectives that you channel um, say about how star seeds, not even necessarily star seeds, but anybody can, can uh, compartmentalize or kind of prioritize their time effectively because it's really easy to spend 10 hours into conspiracies or three hours into this bad news bears and four hours into this bad news bears and on and on and you don't do anything. Mm. I, I, I think really the, the secret is like understanding how our consciousness works as humans and understanding that as human beings we, we'll always move towards what we believe will serve us what we be- mm-hmm. b- believe will bring us upliftment joy fulfillment you know positive and we'll always move away from that which we believe will bring us pain so we're, we're always moving towards what we bring believe will bring us joy and we're always moving away what we believe will bring us pain so so it's really just a case of getting very clear in your own mind mm-hmm. what's going to improve your life and what's going to improve the life of those around you and what's going to reduce the, the value of your life and and so so if, if you've got a lifestyle where you perhaps spend a lot of time watching netflix and you know dr- eating ice cream and, and drinking beer perhaps you know it's okay to do these things occasionally for sure but perhaps you're doing it 20, 20 30 hours a week like like you you just observe it you just say to myself is this serving me and and Mm -hmm. you can see like okay it's bringing me a certain amount of pleasure in the minute like I I can sort of relax like um in these hours in the week but like it it, well where am I going to be in one year like how how is my life going to be in one year Mm -hmm. if I spend the next 365 days eating ice cream drinking beer and watching Netflix or how is my life going to be in one year if I if I wake up in the morning, do 30 minutes of yoga, mm-hmm. you know, take a detox drink, meditate, um, you know, you know, do exercise, you know, and, um, you know, for example, like, and, and, and if you can get it very clear in your own head, that my life is going to be drastically better if I work out, I detox, I do exercise, I serve people, I help my family, I cook food for my friends, I serve in every way I can. 
because the because of the law of attraction and everything reflects back and this is how the universe works that the more i serve others the more the universe serves me and the more i help people through my passion and like focus on positive energy and things to uplift my energy the more i raise my own frequency and feel better and this mirrors back so like if i focus on these positive things for the next year my life will literally probably be a hundred times better literally than if, yeah. if i um just carry on like going down the netflix route Right, right. So, um, so again, goes back to you control your, um, your, your little piece of your world, you control your choices and what you do with yourself. And you don't have to give power to any, any concept or anybody else. So, um, Yeah, you, you just made me think, because um, this is something I really like got a lot of clarity on very recently It was actually, um, on something Tony Robbins said, and if you know this big mm. life coach guy, that's mm-hmm. really empowerment, he said, um, so it was something like your identity creates your reality and like who you believe you are is what is what you create. And like he was saying, like, you know, if, if, you, if you have beliefs that I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I can't do this, I can't break through this, that's literally creating your reality and that's how you're gonna operate. You're not even gonna attempt to, to these things if you have that belief. But if you can begin to rewire your brain, which a, a lot of this process is about, to mm-hmm. believe I can do this, you know, this is my purpose, this is my calling, I'm destined to do this, I can do it, I am worthy, I have something to bring to the world, and and like and and like really seeing this, and then like seeing how like like I really create my reality, mm-hmm. like it, like still sub belief that like. I just needed to look, do you know what I mean? Or, or, or I just did the visualizations and like um, maybe a million pounds would just drop into my lap or something. Mm-hmm. But what I've started to realize now is that I'm creating my reality and every single action I take in my reality, my exercise, eat healthily. You know, it's like, you know, we do the visualizations to attract abundance and wealth. Mm-hmm. But then when we get the ideas to... To, to set up a YouTube channel, to start yeah. working hard, to start working out, to start detoxing, to start serving people with little things, to start helping ladies across the road. Like this is part of the manifestation process, mm-hmm. realizing that every single moment I have the choice. Like, you know, I can, I can smoke 10 cigarettes and eat a cake and just lie in bed and feel sorry for myself that I got backache or I can do a detox and I can do a Kundalini yoga workout. Yeah. And just so that everybody, no, just so everybody week, knows, I'm sorry, you just cut out here and there. So I'm just letting everybody know that he is in Peru up, um, up in the mountains there. So um, there might be a little cut out, but it will, it will um, come back. So l- let me ask you this. So one of the, one of the collectives that you channel and you, you, beautifully explain how easy it is for everybody to channel so and there's a lot of different ways in which you can get into that meditation and then you can just channel any information um because we're all connected with source and with each other so all information within consciousness is available to you if you focus and you know what to ask and what to focus on so um i know there's gonna be a lot of people testing out some of these techniques that you talked about but you you're known for channeling a collective called the Yael. And the Yael is, according to Bashar, who also channels um, different, he, he channels an alien collective and I guess a future alien hybrid version of himself. He says that the Yael are one of the first 
quote, quote, alien civilizations that will make first contact when we get to that reality um, where they will see us and we will see them technically in the fifth dimensional awareness. So who are the Yael? Explain that to everybody. Okay, so how I understand the Yael, and this is mostly what I learned from Bashar, and it, you know, it seems to resonate. Sometimes there's a few discrepancies between what I channel and some channels channel, but of course we live in an infinite universe and there are actually many different timelines with many versions of the Yael. And like, you know, they can come from different future realities and we don't know exactly what's going on, to be honest. Oh, well, that's <laughs> interesting, too. OK, so now now we're going to get into that. So you channel the Yael and they also have different versions of themselves, just like we have different parallel versions and realities of ourselves. So how do you know which message is the higher message? Um, I, I mean, oh, oh. All I can do when I'm channeling is um, like it, it, it's 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 a it's kind of like a present moment thing. Like like everything's going on in this present moment, mm -hmm. and and like when when someone asks a question from me, I'm like trusting that um, the most relevant information will come through and the highest answer will come through, and or the highest answer I'm capable of bringing through with my vibrational frequency and my my understanding of consciousness and English language and whatever so so it's my understanding that if, if I'm there with the intent to bring through the highest answer it creates kind of a natural circuit that like kind of it happens naturally like it's kind of like the person asking the question sort of pulls the energy through me which pulls the energy through the yell who's kind of pulling the energy from source. So it's kind of this grid that's sort of pulling it all the mm -hmm. way through. And it's kind of a natural mechanism that if um, if someone's asking a question, you know, just honest with integrity, for, with an honest desire, just to seek the answer with no ulterior motives. And, and I'm there to channel just out of love and openness, just with an honest integrity, just bringing information through with a, no ulterior motives that will create kind of a natural circuit in creation that naturally allows like the highest love light that I, I can channel to come through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and what are the, what is their message? What is their message specifically that you get? Is there like a consistent message that you get from all these different alien collectives that you have tuned into? Is there a consistent theme that comes through? Yeah, I, I mean, the consistent theme, um, they're all pointing to the fact that we're going through a shift of consciousness from into the fifth dimension, as you call it. I sometimes call it fourth density, but we're basically pointing to the same thing. And so this is the message. Um, and, you know, they don't always use words to describe it, but they just say you're going through a huge transformation of consciousness. You're going from this phase of believing that you're separate individuals like separate from creation and you're, you're very limited and you're you're kind of living in this like you know alien hostile universe and you have no control over it apart from right. your so hands. very 3d very 3d yeah yeah very so, yeah yeah like you know typical way humans have lived for thousands of years and the ways you know many people still live today and they, they tell us we're, we're going through this transformation of consciousness that's now becoming very clear to many of us that um, 
we're going through this remembering that we're actually source consciousness, that actually everything exists within our consciousness and we're actually all connected. Like you, you guys and me, we're all actually the same being, just viewing reality from different perspectives. And, and this is the shift of consciousness. We're going through the, re the remembrance that reality actually exists within our consciousness. And we're actually just kind of this infinite energy being that's dreaming infinite reality and having lots of different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and just to explain to, to people, because there is, I think it's an ego conversation that, that goes on um, where some some people say oh we're going to well, what happens to the third dimension and we're going to go to the fourth density you no know, we're going to go to the fourth dimension no why are we going to fifth dimension all these other other kind of things and like in buddhism there there have been other teachers and people in our in in the past in our canon and in many other spiritual traditions who are what they say fifth dimensional in awareness because it's all happening within your consciousness all the dimensions and the realities are happening within your consciousness. And the entry point for the higher dimensions is seeing your interconnectivity to everyone. That's to source, to everyone, to everything. Everything is like one living, breathing um, being having different fractal experiences for source to engage in and experience directly as themselves so that's a fifth dimensional way of understanding reality um and that's kind of how in buddhism we see we call that christ consciousness or crystalline consciousness where it's like all five platonic platonic solids into one which make um in math a icosahedron which is it looks like a star david uh, but in three-dimensional terms it's like a sphere um so they call that the Christ consciousness. So that's the level in which you see your inter. You don't just see it in the level of concept, but you know it. You know that you are connected to all and all is connected to you. Even all the aspects you don't like is connected to you as well because it exists so that you can exist, so that you can know who, you're, who you are. So um, can you explain to people who see it as it oh well there's this group here who's going to make it to the higher levels and then this group's not going to make it to the higher levels they're going to stay in the lower levels and you know you know can you explain um that concept of fifth dimensional awareness a little bit further because that people get hung up on that yeah well um I'll describe my understanding of it. And I've been thinking about this quite a bit since you, you gave me a heads up on this question uh, a few weeks ago. And so, 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 the, so the way I understand it is, fifth, fifth I, I prefer to use the name for fourth density for, for a reason I'll explain. So, 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 so as I understand it, fifth dimensional consciousness, the fifth dimension is the dimension of spirit, the dimension of uh, non-physical consciousness, you know, you know, where we're not limited by the physical body, where we can, you know, really do what we want and focus our consciousness anywhere. And so, so th this isn't the dimension we're moving into yet as humanity, you know, we're not all going to, despite some teachings, you know, we had prior 2012 that said on 2012, we're all going to turn into rainbow bodies and ascend into angels. 
I, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. I don't believe. So, 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 so we're not going through the transition into spirit. We're not all leaving. We're not going to dissolve our physical bodies and go and all become spirit beings. What's happening is fourth density, as I like to call it for this reason. We're moving from third to fourth density. And so third density is the old reality we've all been living in. But fourth density, what some people call the fifth dimension, um, is is um, bringing fifth dimensional consciousness into this reality. So, so what's happening is we're evolving to a higher frequency, to a higher state of consciousness. And in this higher frequency state, we're remembering that we're connected to all of creation. And from this higher frequency state, we can access the spirit realms. And and so, so the shift into fourth density, and um, I, it seems to be accelerating very much here in Peru, in Pizac, in, in, in the mountains. I had a very powerful experience of it just yesterday, actually. I believe. What happened to you? Before. Basically, I was, um, I was, we're, we're building like a gazebo out here to do events and channelings and dances and things in a kind of temple-like thing, and. Um, and I st I'm uh, painting Quetzalcoatl, Quet I think I pronounced it right, Quetzalcoatl, mm -hmm. the, the Mexican uh, gods, the Mexican like serpent gods, the love light serpent god. And so I was painting this on, on one of the uh, beams of, of the gazebo. And I felt like all of a sudden I looked up and, and like the moon looked like Quetzalcoatl's eye. Oh, and okay. and, and the clouds looked like him. And I noticed his consciousness was like there. Like, so I've experienced this before with Christ consciousness, with Christ, the Christ consciousness, another being, but it, it's kind of like the, the, the consciousness of Quetzalcoatl was in every atom in the air, in, in the ground, creating like miles around. And, and from here, I went on to connect with Ra and um, connect with Ra a bit. I can feel Ra's consciousness coming through me. And then I connected with the blue avians, these, um, um like ets very high dimension i could see on the ship and i could feel other beings around i could feel like the spirit of pachamama which is the, one of the sacred goddesses of this land around here and and in this place i could also like kind of feel connected to everything you know i could feel the inca spirits and like they weren't all prevalent but i know if i tuned into the inca spirits i could have felt them mm -hmm. and and to me this this is fourth density this is the new shift into the fifth dimension that right. that we're experiencing where, where this fifth dimensional consciousness is here and everywhere and we can right. you just have to tune into it right yeah but we're still in our physical bodies we haven't okay. left our physical bodies that's yeah um, we're fit. so so it sounds like what you're saying in, in your in your description your understanding from the different collectives that you have and teachers that you have tuned into is that we're anchoring fifth dimensional awareness within our consciousness into our physical experience yeah that that that, that that's exact, exactly it really okay. and, and yeah we, we may call this our buddha nature or, or our christ consciousness you right know, this, this awakened state of consciousness where we just know that you know it's all obvious like it's like waking from a dream and you wake up and you go oh of course i'm connected to everything it was all a joke yeah <laughs> the lights turned on all of a sudden the lights turned on well let me you know so let me ask you this so we're, we're going to touch on the minds um so in Actually, before I ask this question, let me ask you this. When you were, were tuning into the, the wisdom and teachings of Quetzalcoatl and Ra and the different um, 
beings to different teachers who are fifth dimensional and above in their consciousness. Are you communicating them with them when they're living in their reality at their timeline? Or is it like they're in this present? I mean, uh, um, Ketsukoto was was very much in this present. I, I could see he like I saw him fly off like okay. third, so, so it's all in my third eye. But but like he gets to the point where the third eye is so active, you, you can almost see it and you can almost feel it. You can't quite see it, but it's there. It's very mm-hmm. it's very bizarre. And I'm sure for some people, it's that they start to see it visually. But I'm not so visual normally. But I'm getting more so. And. Um, so I, I saw Quetzalcoatl and he was like flying through the sky, like massive, like, um, I don't know, perhaps one mile, two mile, three miles long. Right. And his consciousness was literally in the air and he, he flew off. Like he, his consciousness was like here and then he flew off. And then Ra came through me a bit differently because I actually started to channel Ra and like I felt like I almost became Ra. And mm-hmm. I was just sat yeah. like in an Egyptian sitting pose, like, like, um, like just doing deep breathing, but I became really slow and my consciousness slowed down to rise, mm. relaxed or highly accelerated consciousness. That yeah. Maybe it seems really slow. You were like, might... you were tuning into his energy. Like you guys were synergizing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and that was different because, because it felt like Ketsukota was here, but out there or part of me but but this was like Ra, the same but actually Ra came into my body like um, into my physical body and then afterwards um the, the blue avians I think they were actually here in their ship physically they came a few nights before I saw them behind the clouds going zoom in this mm-hmm. green blue ship and they gave me like one flash just up in the sky there was just one flash they often do this they'll just give you one little flash just to get your consciousness what's that just to get you thinking mm. and when when they did that I tuned in and I could very distinctly feel the um the energy of the, the blue avians I, I I think you're tuned into the energy of the blue avians tonight well, well. I'm Laos yeah so I'm <laughs> I'm Laos and I'm from a tribe um the Hmong tribe in Laos which is like northern Siam Thailand at that area and um, anyways, we have a lot of folklores and we have the myth, a mythical folklore of the mythical um, bird beings who are magical. Oh, wow. And um, in the folklore, they describe them very much like like blue avians. Um, but also wow. but also in the Laotian folklores about the um, the magical bird beings, they also have exist and travel through parallel dimensions and um, parallel realities and multiple layers of dimensions and so oftentimes when they're portrayed um, actually like in I think it was in 2018 I think it was um, the Miss Universe pageant the um, the contestant from Laos won the world uh, costume contest and people can google this and she basically from the front view it was just like a blue golden blue avian but then she walks from the back side view and then you just see all the different parallel versions of the same one but from the front view the blue avians have all these different arms and you know it's kind of like Kuan Yin for 10,000 arms and, all, and that's and that's the way that you would understand parallel realities and dimensions mm-hmm. um, from that folklore about the the magical bird beings from the sky in um Laos folklore so yeah I'm familiar with the blue avians um but that but through folklore um now you just had a channel with them yet what yesterday what did you get from them 
Well, um, they're, they're basically like playing me. I could see them on the ship very clearly, and they were basically like playing with me. It's strange. They had like this dial thing on the ship, and they kept spinning this dial. And I feel like they were observing my chakras and my energy body, and they were somehow using it to observe my energy and my different energy centers while they were talking to me. And they were really playing with me and they're going, oh, let's look down here. And like, I could feel their consciousness where they were observing and they're like really humorous. They were basically just making a bit of fun of me, <laughs> like moving That's around really fast. Yeah, yeah. According to a lot of the Hmong um, tribe folklores um, and Buddhist folklores of the um, magical bird beings, and you can actually see some of the depictions of them in ancient temples in Hinduism as well. They've been around for a very long time in the folklore. Wow. Um, they uh, they often like to kind of like they're very mischievous and they like to kind of have fun with with people it, it was, because we're just so gullible and so easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Um, I think. I think humans just kind of bring an element of play, mm. of play into creation, and um, because we don't take it too seriously. Whereas I think other, yeah. um, I think others collectives and a lot of the the folklore is in Buddhism and in um, in Laos. Many of them talk about these different um, collectives and beings within our folklore. Um, they take things just way way serious, almost too serious that sometimes they um, sometimes they have to kind of get down to earth and realize it's not that serious. So, mm -hmm. um, and humans take, we have a tendency to take spirituality a little too serious as well. So there has For to be sure. a lot of play because <laughs> creation has a lot of play and um, source wants to play. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and so let me ask you this. So in Buddhism and in many other indigenous traditions, such as the Mayans um, in the areas where you're at, we did the awakening ceremonies uh, to welcome earth's newest energies as we start a new cycle after the 25,920 year processional cycle of earth. So, um, and this is actually science. So, uh, but now you spend much of your time meditating at these ancient portal sites in the Mayan civilization and in the Andes mountains in South America where you live. So can you please explain um, the different alien collectives perspectives on what happened to the energy energy of earth after 2012 yeah sure and um technically it's not mine here i think mine is more mexico i, I think oh. we're incan and it's like incan and pre-incan but it's complicated but anyway <laughs> thank you for clarifying but yeah so because um because i know there's a lot of different perspectives of what happened in 2012 and this and that but i would like to know and i think a lot of people want to know what does the what is the perspective from these different alien collectives of what happened to earth after that time yeah i i mean um i guess kind of quickly and simply the um they, they talk about a, a cyclical history of earth something that's also talked about in ancient egypt and, and many traditions and the, the, and what you just talked about, actually, the, 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 the procession of the equinoxes, the, the, the 26,000 year cycle, you got it a bit more accurate, I think, but the around 26,000 year cycle, it's, um, it's something to do with the wobble, the, the fact that Earth's axis isn't quite straight, it causes the, the, the pole to point through a different zodiac sign every two and a half, 2,600 years or something, something like that. And so we move all through all these 26,000 year cycle 
and 13,000, the idea is that 26,000 years ago, we were at the beginning of, was it the age of Pisces, the, the cycle we've just been through? I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not a, a big into astrology. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so I think we've just gone through the 26,000 year cycle of Pisces and we're, and we're just beginning the 26,000 year cycle of Aquarius. And so 26,000 years ago, we were beginning the cycle of Pisces and we, it was like kind of a beginning point. And we went through this 13,000 year evolution to the top of the cycle, like half the 26,000 years. Imagine it as a circular cycle. So 13,000 years we're reaching the top. Mm -hmm. This was the civilization of Atlantis. And this was the peak of the spiritual evolution, the conscious evolution of that 26,000 year cycle. Was that Atlantis. was like how long that was that so that was the last how long ago was that, uh, that was 30, the last around, cycle yeah it, it was it was halfway through this cycle so that okay. was around thirteen thousand years right. ago so so around thirteen thousand year ago we were at the peak of this cycle but then with, according to the natural rhythms of creation we naturally go into a downward cycle where mm -hmm. everything that's built up into this built grand um, reality mm -hmm. um, naturally starts to break down and devolve and go back into into burn into the ashes really because natural cycle of creation that things are born and die something that, right. you know, that's very common to buddhism the idea of impermanence everything that comes goes and that the idea of reality is to explore different things there's no point in everything sticking around forever so it's a natural thing and but what happened we went through this 13,000 year devolution where um like basically fear fear-based beliefs came in because they were at the height of the evolution in atlantis and right. then one day someone had the thought oh wait there i could use all this magical power to control a million people and get all this money and i could own everything i wanted and um which ultimately is a fear-based belief because that's the belief that you need something to make you happy you need something right. to create a joy in your life so so it's a fear-based belief and but this crept in and like people started like controlling people and they started fighting and this created negative energy which apparently created a, a meteor impact that created a tsunami that wiped out that flooded most of the earth the yeah yeah floods right so you actually touch on a um I, I i'm actually hoping to eventually get back to that book project but i have a um, a book project where i'm going through buddhist folklores and one of the buddhist folklores and a lot of the Hmong folklores is about um the mega flood um that happened over 13,000 years ago but anyways um there before that there is of the folklore of mu or lemuria in um the ocean of the pacific ocean and it crossed all the way through. So anyways, um, but the concept according to the folklore is that the last fifth root race, which is a very highly spiritual evolved humanity existed at the height of when Lemuria was, um, was around before the, the flood had wiped out much of these advanced ancient spiritual civilizations. And they existed at the same time as the folklore of Atlantis. Um, and then there it goes into that folklore that both of them started, they were both spiritual and advanced at some point, but then they started to, to change their focus and they started to fall from fifth dimensional awareness, fall from seeing their connectivity to each other. And they started getting more third dimensional, they more getting more um, egocentric. And then, you know, we know how that all turned out. And then eventually it all got wiped out by the flood.
So that's the Buddhist folklore. And what you're describing from the perspective of these collectives that you channel about what happened to Earth after 2012, you're describing that folklore. I don't know if you understood. You you yeah, recognize yeah, yeah, that? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I, I understood. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah and, and and the idea is that after um, you know we went through this thirteen thousand year devolution that brings us to present day and December mm -hmm. the twenty first, twenty twelve, which is apparently the the, the 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 point of the completion of that cycle. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it kind of devolved and like we lost history for a long time, but we kind of picked up the history books and, you know, in Babylon and ancient Egypt. And, you know, we have all this high wisdom and like at, at the very beginning of the Egyptian dynasties, it appears that their, their technology and their abilities was was at its height and then it appeared to deteriorate over time. So 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 we can see that like in ancient egypt they 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 still had this knowledge and, and this is where a lot of these symbols like the anchor and all this wisdom this magic it's a, it's a devolute it's been passed down from atlantean wisdom high magic and but come to the point of egypt you know humanity's really devolved that the cycles come way down consciousness is much lower but it's mm -hmm. still in a kind of way in a way higher than now there's a very high frequency still remnant from the past cycle uh, like lots of the beings like Nefertiti and these gods Ra and these beings are still very much connected to the Atlantean consciousness and this higher like in a way fifth dimensional consciousness is still available as a remnant of the Atlantean consciousness it's dissolving and they know it's about to go completely over the next mm -hmm. you know around 3,000 years ago I think it's sort of disappeared very much yeah. but until then it's very prevalent yeah and that actually goes into a folklore about about like um so because because you know the uh, folklores of atlantis happened for like the one half of the earth and the other half of earth at the same time falls into the folklores the buddhist tribal folklores of mu or lemuria and um a lot of the folklores point to the fact that possibly these remnant temples ancient temples that are still around um, a lot of them have been made by advanced technology from the um, Lemurian, possibly a Lemurian Atlantis timeline. And, um, but the people and the knowledge never got taught to continue to get taught. So over time, it just died out. It just died out. And then we basically have all of these remnant temples, um, pyramids, megaliths that we don't know how they created and becomes a mystery. Because until we get to the point of our consciousness and our evolution to pick back up to that state where we can go, oh, we know how they did that. They did, they did it this way. So it's almost like we're trying to kind of come back full circle, but this time we're going to try to do it without um, a lot of ego to uh, repeat the same cycle that we did before. Is that what the message that some of these collectives are coming through for you is to try to kind of help people um, get to that level of consciousness, but then learn from the old cycle? Yeah, I, I, I mean, th this is the kind of the idea, you know, that we go through a 26,000 year cycle and then and then we build on it, you know, because it, it's not just cyclical, it's spiral. So so it's going up, you know, we, we're building on it and it's getting bigger and higher. So so like mm -hmm. we, don't expanding. Go back to, we, don't, 
yeah, yeah. we don't go back to point zero. We, we, we get to build on everything we've learned from the last 26,000 year cycle. And, you know, and that's part of the lesson. And that's why we go through it as a consciousness. You know, we experience 13,000 years, you know, projecting different portions of our infinite self into lives over and over again. Right. To, to experience war, to experience all these negative things, you know, from both perspectives. Mm-hmm. So, so, so we can come to this point now at this, um, at this beginning of this new cycle to decide what we want and and we don't have to decide to choose the love and the light you know this is the free will of god we we can choose to be evil if we want if you want to if you think that's fun yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it's all that fun but um that's just no, personally that's just, just like me but some people like that kind of fun so you know um, if you want to play in that small little box then you can do that but um yeah that's that seems to be what I am getting from my research into Buddhist folklores, the Marian Buddhist folklores, um, um, you know, and just different folklores in Asia is that it, it, it seems that um, fifth dimensional awareness, seeing the Christ consciousness and the oneness in all things in creation has always been around and is always around. It's just a matter of tuning into it and, and recognizing and learning how to use that energy um, to live your best version of your life. And so now it seems like it is picking up a lot of steam. And as people pick up this higher frequency of being in fifth dimensional awareness, um, there are people who are what you would call quote, quote, still 3D and still stuck in the the old paradigm of separatism and I, I'm all out for me and all that kind of stuff. And so they're really struggling with this emerging um, kind of it's almost like an emerging 5d storm that's just kind of building and more Mm. people are getting into it and more people are you know focusing on i'm going to build the 5d reality for myself i'm going to anchor in these higher dimensions in my life you know all this these other things that we're talking about but there's a big batch of people who are really struggling with that so what what does these collectives that you channel what do they say for people who are very still stuck in the third dimensional way of thinking and 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 creating how can they be helped in these higher energies that keep bringing up stuff for them to deal with yeah i I mean i i guess it's the same advice that they they give to really to anyone at any stage of the journey and and this is the idea of following your excitement like acting on your 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 passion and your calling and the idea is that we all have um you know before we incarnate we kind of have a life purpose or um mission and Sorry, we, 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 the connection went a bit there. Is it, is it all right? Yeah, no, no, it's good. I, I hear you. So just keep focusing on your passion okay, and your love. Um, so it, it's, it sounds like even for people who are really still stuck on the old paradigm and who just can't really wrap their minds or, or hearts around um, the concept of being fifth dimensional awareness uh, and anchoring that, that, that unity consciousness, that connection to source, them in, inside themselves and everybody else even that concept for some people they just really struggle with that because they um they 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 can't see themselves as being an embodiment of source it's almost like blasphemous that that concept 
Um, and so it's, it's very foreign, it's very hard for them because they don't really see themselves in that, in that light, in that grace. They don't see themselves as worthy of being embodiment of source. What do you say for those people? Because that seems to be one of the things that keeps coming up with people who's like, oh, you guys are all in the clouds or you think you're an aspect of source consciousness. You know, <laughs> you think you're all connected to the earth and each other. You know, what do you, what do you say for people who really struggle with these concepts? Yeah, well, well, well the, the idea is that, that, that we're all on this path, you know, everyone's on this path of, you know, spiritual awakening, whether they realize it or not, you know, this is what the human journey is, the, this, mm. the, the, the journey of conscious evolution. And so, so the idea is that when, when we're following our excitement or our passion, uh, you know, when we're truly tuned in, it's coming from, you know, a heart-centered place and not a selfish place. When, when we're coming from that center place of, of following our excitement, you know, through love and service to others, we're, we're actually following the guidance of our higher self. So, 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 so we're all kind of on this journey, on this journey of going, going up, you know, rising in frequency rising in consciousness you know and, and and some of us are here 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 and you know it's just part of the nature of reality you know some beings are exploring you know different aspects and so you're always rising you're always rising in consciousness all the time even if you're one of these people that sat there thinking oh I don't get this I never get it I'm never going to be spiritual I'm never going to be enlightened I'll never make a connection this is not true because like everyone's making this journey and just by watching this video and by, by following your calling to watch this video, you're actually taking the next step on your journey and you'll be receiving energies and like knowledge and stuff and little bits that will just take you on that next step. And it's all about taking, taking the next tiny step on the evolution of consciousness in the, um, in the Ra material, the law of one uh, channeled material, Ra says that the, the questioner asks him um, like something like, what, what can we do to um, like raise the frequency of the humans? And, and, and Ra says, he's saying something about awakening people and he gives the answer that through all the information we, sh we, we share with your planet to assist the ascension of your planet, it is almost completely worthless because it only has the most infinitesimal, the tiniest little effect on each. Uh, but, but he says, but for that tiny effect, it's worth every ounce of our being. And we love devoting ourselves to this. But the idea is that everyone's on this evolution yeah. and you can only go like, do, 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 I mean, you can take little jumps, you can take little jumps and have big breakthroughs, but generally you're on this path and you're always taking the next step following the, the the path of your highest excitement and your calling and your mission your, your higher self is guiding you to all the lessons or the experiences to begin to let you integrate the new beliefs the new perspectives the new energies the new frequencies step by step because this is a process enlightenment isn't something from my perspective that happens overnight you, you can't just you know turn on a video one day that says stop thinking and you'll be enlightened and just stop thinking and you'll be in bliss and heaven it doesn't work like that from my perspective it's a process and there can certainly it's a, be it's a journey it's a soul journey yeah. Like, yeah 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 and, and so and and so so everyone that's what you know you're always taking the next step and, and it, it, it might not happen for a year, it might not happen for two years. But if you can just like rest into your experience and like understand that as soon as you take the decision to go on the spiritual journey, 
you've basically made that happen and it might take five years it might take 10 years it might take 20 years because it's part of a natural consciousness but as soon as you set the intent to awaken or become self-realized or realize the ultimate state of reality you're setting yourself on a journey where you're going to start attracting to yourself situations and circumstances and the more you follow your highest excitement the faster you'll follow this path of the situations and circumstances that allow you to let go of limiting beliefs and, and expand your consciousness and so so it's all happening you know like you, you've got to, if you want to do it fast you've got to, um, and be on the cutting edge and get there you know and really live the most epic life you can You've got to follow your highest excitement moment to moment like fearlessly and really work on your beliefs yeah. that are holding you back but but even if you don't and you're just like kind of chipping away at the spirituality and just you, you're still going through this process and and because it's the decision as soon as you make the decision to awaken you're sending a message to your high health that begins to give you every circumstance you need to to give you the opportunity to to let go of your old reality and embrace the new Right, right. And that's, yeah, and that's what's one, wonderfully said. And that's kind of one of the things that, um, one of the, the frameworks for this podcast is the Buddhism podcast, obviously. And I bring in a lot of Buddhism just to kind of like parallel with the topic so that people can go, well, how does that relate to Buddhism and, and different aspects of Buddhism? Um, and if you go, if you, if you actually go into the advanced studies in Buddhism and some of the stuff that is um, not, the commonly taught because the most commonly taught stuff in in the monasteries and in, in the temples are typically you know how to not be a crappy person <laughs> and create a crappy life for yourself because that's most common thing that is being taught but if you go if you understand the basics of that and you learn that and you apply that and you go into like the more advanced stuff it actually gets very very sci-fi and it's very very entertaining and very fun that's why i love this stuff but the thing that you're describing is, you know, basically if you apply, we call it the four noble truths, but there's a lot of different ways to apply different foundations to live a better life, live a better version of yourself, live the highest version of yourself, attract to yourself the highest version of yourself, and basically make the best of this incarnation that you pre-planned prior to this life. Um, you are going to attract a reality that is going to be more fitting and serve you that your next best experience. So one of the things that a lot of people have found when they come into their spiritual awakening and recognition of their oneness with um, source and everybody is that they will start noticing what they call personal Mandela effects where things in their reality that they physically experience is now different in their current reality than they previously experienced and engaged with. So, and I, I hear this quite often where people will they come to me for, for client sessions or I'll do book interviews and they're really attracted to the metaphysical side of how reality has manifested from their consciousness. So um, our personal Mandela effects, our way of knowing that we're moving into higher versions of reality within our consciousness what does the collective say oh, okay so, so so you're talking about kind of um like 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 manifestations like reflections of a change of consciousness yeah like physical different... changes so yeah, i'll give yeah. you an example i was just talking i just did a book interview um a couple of days ago and um on the the black pill radio show and anyways, um, and it'll be up on the channel eventually, but the host said, I read, uh, 
one of your books. I read both of your books to see what this was. It was interesting. And all of a sudden, I started having weird personal Mandela effects where this host, his eyes was always brown. And now it's blue. And he says, my eye color is blue and it's been that way for a while. But my growing up, it's always been brown. And he also said, um, and his the co-host corroborated this as well. He said, uh, my neighbor's car has always been blue. It was always a blue truck. I remember always being blue because I see it every day. And this year, when I started doing these awakening and looking at all these different ways to see reality and our connection to each other, all of a sudden, one day, that same blue truck is a red truck. And the neighbors said that he's always driven a red truck. So these are the kind of stories that come through for some people who are getting awakened to fifth dimensional awareness that elements in their physical personal life is physically changing from what they experienced before. So um, what, and it doesn't have to everybody, but many people, this is the case. So what does these different collectives have to say about um, how consciousness shifts you to different versions of reality. Yeah, I mean, I mean, from what I've been taught by by the ETs, and, and now what I'm very much experiencing myself, the the idea is that that like this reality literally is a dream. You know, it it's it exists within our consciousness. It's it's really not that much different from a dream on a night or an ayahuasca journey or mm -hmm. you, you know or a daydream you know where you're visualizing something that the real you know it's just a different vibration or frequency within creation that creates a slightly different experience and so, so yeah it, it's literally a dream like 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 it's um it's not that there is no physical solid reality. It's we, we've agreed to have this collective dream, right. where, where, where you know where there's time and the space and there's gravity and things happen sequentially and there's cause and effect, but these aren't actually laws of creation. This is what we agreed to have in the dream, and because the majority of the people on earth still believe that earth is solid we're still co-creating that reality because it's co-creation so so even though you know my, myself and your and yourself like um you know are beginning to understand that there's actually infinite possibility and it's just a dream and there's really nothing stopping us from from flying you know or taking off like neo in the matrix or superman but because the collective consciousness believes that's not true i can't fly like superman through through New York City because there's 10 million people who believes that's impossible so that that affects reality like every being in reality that affects the collective manifestation mm -hmm. but if if everyone was kind of a similar level of consciousness to us and beginning to embrace the possibility that anything is possible or even truly understanding that anything literally is possible and we can manifest anything within our consciousness because we are source and this is just an infinite dream reality mm -hmm. if everyone had that perspective i believe that we would be able to we would be able to fly like superman or teleport and and of course through our teachings of you know stories of people in you know buddhism and hinduism you know stories of all sorts of miracles aren't they yeah but they're not really like miracles they, i mean there's very scientific um you know when you understand metaphysics and consciousness there's actually a very scientific um it's not magic at all uh but 
you know, like just like energy healing is not magic at all. But when you understand the nature of how consciousness creates reality, you can also change the, um, you can connect to your fifth dimensional um, connection to source and you can change the blueprint because you're in source code. It's like a computer programmer going into the source code and changing it to be a little bit different to make somebody's DNA a little healthier, whereas before they were they were sick. But let me ask you this along the lines of that, that question as well, because you do talk about parallel realities and parallel versions when you talk about like earlier when you said the Yaya have have different versions that come through. Um, people and a lot of my clients and people that I I, I talk to as well are these experiences are accelerating for them and these aren't just kind of like little willy-nilly experiences i have people that spend thousands of dollars during a pandemic to fly into seattle just to have a consultation to have a to have me provide provide them a hypnosis session and then just talk about their mandela effects and how they can make sense of it because not only are certain elements in their physical reality is different and this is beyond commercial logos and or you know any of that discussion but um they are having a hard time understanding how can I rectify that I have changed my frequency and my perspective on things and so much that their spouse is a different person not like a different person in like a different looking person but their spouse has a completely different back history for how they met and also um have a different personality it's like it's a different person it's a different version of their spouse that they have and so uh, what do you what does all the different collectives that you channel say about how people can um come to terms with parallel people that may not be what they want yeah i'm i mean i mean personally i'd um you know, point again to the idea of the, the, the Buddhist teaching of impermanence, you know, or, or as Bashar says, everything changes except for the, the first three or four laws or whatever. But the, the idea that everything is changing, see, as humans, like particularly in Western society, we've been kind of taught to believe that like things are kind of solid, you know, and things like will kind of last forever, you know, like our parents will be there forever, our house will be there forever, you know, if we build a house in a nice family, it'll kind of be there forever and everything mm. will be okay, you know, one day we get this nice house and this nice family, then everything will be fine forever. But but the idea is that this isn't the case at all. Everything is always changing. Everything is always changing in creation. And and, and this is why Buddhism points to the idea of impermanence and non-attachment because if everything is always changing in creation and we're getting attached to certain things in creation we're, we're needing certain things in creation to make us happy then we're just lining ourselves up for a life full of pain because if everything is impermanent and we want to hold on to certain things you know we're lining ourselves off for, for a lot of suffering so so yeah. really beginning to see that everything is all changing and that joy doesn't come from external things joy comes from us and um you know it's our innate state of being when, when we let go of our worries and our monkey mind and our fears we, we we naturally kind of awaken to our natural state which is a state of joy and happiness and that we don't and that actually things don't bring us happiness you know we might be able to get a bit of joy for like 10 seconds when we yeah. finally achieve what we want but it tends not to last more than a day at the most this kind yep. of fulfillment 
and like the more we can see this and understand this that joy doesn't come from things not even our partner not even our lover we're actually supposed to give love to our partner not take it from them and so when we let go of um you know when we see that everything is changing and that we don't need to gain fulfillment and joy from the things that right. joy is nature to ourself we can naturally begin to let go of circumstances and, and it, it gets to the point you know where it, if your partner was to pass on into spirit the next day what would have been you know a horrific experience that would have broken you it's more like you know obviously you're going to be sad but you, you'll process it you'll deal with it and you'll move through it in a higher mm-hmm. state of way and in a much healthier way of being so yeah really good advice you know uh what you just described um in buddhism they would call that the first of the four noble truths which is uh the 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 cause of your suffering is your attachment to what is Mm. it's your attachment to what is that causes your suffering so uh, you know like if um like for somebody who is going through the spiritual space and their physical reality is changing and they're having their own personal mandela effect and it affects um their personal relationships where their people in their life are a little bit different um then it goes back to just accepting what is and letting go of what was um and just appreciating the moment and living in that moment because you never know if uh, what the next moment is going to bring so um it comes back to that that living in the now philosophy yeah, yeah yeah i mean I, I i agree more though though on my own path i i i got very hung up on these idea of acceptance teachings mm. and i would kind of like spend days just kind of in depressed states trying to force myself to like accept it and um you know there's definitely some benefit to this kind of you let it go you let it go yeah let it go is accepting but, but, too. But yeah like i, I yeah, exactly. Accepting doesn't mean like holding on, you know, we accept something, then we move on. I think that's the secret, realizing that accepting doesn't mean I've got to stay in my house, in my depressed state, in this depressed yeah. city forever and prove that I can become enlightened. No, yeah. it's like accepting your present moment and then taking action to improve your life. But but accepting it, it doesn't work, you know. Oh, can you say that again? You, you cut off for a minute. Yeah, so, it, yeah, yes. So I, I think it's just um, the idea that kind of acceptance practice can be a kind of trap. Like a lot of people can spend many years stuck in a state of depression, trying to accept the present moment so that they can become more awake. Whereas if they were like following their excitement moment to moment, they'd yeah. be more fulfilled better life and they'd also be a draw a, a, like naturally drawing the situations to them mm. that would help them move towards a more accepting state because it, it's kind of something you can't force you can't force yourself yeah. to accept reality it's just something that kind of happens more naturally as your frequency rises right so. right so you just i mean i mean for 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 me and the concept of acceptance is just come to terms move on to the next so some people mm. take a long time to come to terms with something 
and then find a way to to uh, overcome or to adapt to it. And some people just go, okay, that's what it is. Move on to the next best thing, the next assignment, whatever is your passion. So it's technically like the same thing. It's just a matter of time frame. So, um, but mm, yeah. but you know, or you can or and forgive or let forgive or let go is another term that for the same kind of thing, kind of move from one state to another state. Yeah, exa exactly. Yes. See, then, you know, you're not getting caught up in this trap of acceptance of thinking, oh, I've got to accept my unbearable pain and I'm going to focus on my unbearable pain until it finally dissolves. And, you know, th there is something to that practice. But, you know, if you're spending months on end just in depression, trying to dissolve this pain by focusing on it, it you know, it's probably should try something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just see. If, OK, that's what it is. Learn from it. What's the, what, well, I always say when I have clients who come to me for um, their personal Mandela effects where like their loved one has changed is I say, well, did it change for the better or for the worse? And they're like, mm, not that bad. And I say, well, then go on a date and date your spouse all over again. And yeah. they do, <laughs> and they do, yeah. and, they, and they learn so much more about the 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 new version of the spouse, and they appreciate that that person, and they just have a great time. And it's like, okay, well, you've just allowed you've allowed your spouse to evolve to another version, and let's say evolve to a higher version, um, or even if they didn't evolve to a a more positive version that you would prefer, you are in their present in their reality, so now you're helping them rise up to a higher version of what they can be so you're helping each other so mm. um so like you say just instead of getting stuck on oh this is different what this is different from what i remember just go okay this is different from what i remember how can we how can we turn this into a positive next best experience and just move yeah. on to the next best experience yeah and another way bashar puts it but basically what you just said but bashar says um any being as we create our own reality, therefore any situation we define positively can only have a positive outcome. So, so it's a great practice this, and I've had some amazing results with this. Like yeah. I, I practiced it for like a few weeks years ago, and I was blown away. Like every time something what you would label bad happens in your reality, say to yourself, okay this has happened for a positive reason. You know, my higher self was creating this for something reason. If I define it positively, yep. it can only have a positive outcome. Therefore, this is a good situation. Yep. And, and, and I did this and I, I was having loads of little miracles, like, yep. uh, like things like, I can't remember things like my car breaking down and I, I thought, oh no, and then end up getting like, um, you know, insurance for it and getting twice as good a car or something, mm -hmm. little things like this, you know, just- Yeah, seeing silver linings, yeah. Yeah, I love that. So I, I, so, 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 so you do it. I do it. Seeing silver linings, seeing you know how can we learn from this and then you know create even better out of this. I think you know I, I don't. And this is just a, my personal opinion. It's not Buddhism, but my personal opinion is I think source because source is in all of us. I think source will sometimes kind of put um, blocks on the road just to see how you are going to. Um, you know, overcome it or deal with it or go around it just to kind of see like, hmm, let's see how this one is gonna, going to behave because it is experiencing itself through you and everyone's going to engage with the same roadblock a little differently. So I think sometimes it will just throw a little bit something off of your game plan just to 
kind of do a mini test, like a quiz. <laughs> so I think these sometimes are like daily quizzes, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, so that's a really great way, everyone, for dealing with like your issues with your wheel of dharma, your personal melodramas is don't go deep into the pits with your melodramas in your life, but really see silver linings and just take the lesson and then just move on to creating the next best experience from it. Um, okay, so what with that, what are your recommendations to other star seeds and non-star seeds who incarnated to raise the consciousness of humanity and build the foundations for a fifth dimensional type reality? Okay, well, well, of course, like, um, you know, this idea of following your excitement, not listening to fear, you know, trusting your reality to support you and understanding that we have a calling, a mission. And when we really tune into our heart and start following our excitement, you know, it will lead us exactly where we need to go. But perhaps one tip that came to me earlier, that I, I think made a huge difference for me and could, could help a lot of people is understanding how your environment affects your reality. And mm. um, like, you know, me being here in Peru, surrounded by a lot of spiritual people, a lot of very open-minded people, and a lot of people focused on this sort of reality. If, if I was still in the UK, where I've maybe got one, two, three friends that are into this, and everyone else is like still trapped, in, being in that energy, just being in that, that psychic energy, makes it very hard to have like expanded positive thoughts if you're in an environment where where you know just people are around you and their energy but even if you're like living with people like your family who don't believe in this you know like like I, I notice sometimes when I speak to my mum I can still get like pulled back into her reality a bit mm -hmm. and like you know I, I love her to pieces but she's still a ve very much in some perspectives you know in a third density reality and like while I'm talking to her she can be saying stuff like I don't know just about you know paying your taxes and all, all this regular stuff and I'm like oh yeah mum that's a good idea and then I get off the, and, then, and then I get off the, I do pay my taxes I'm not saying I don't pay my taxes <laughs> you know but you know all these sort of things that parents worry about you know bills and all this stuff and she's saying oh you need to do all this and I'm like, oh yeah best do that and then I got off the phone call and about 10 minutes later I'm like clear my head and I'm like what am I talking about she was like worrying about all 3d stuff and it's not relevant at all but because I was in her consciousness like you become like a collective consciousness that I'd give to really people if you can move to like when I was in the UK I, I like moved away from into Glastonbury which is like the spiritual community mm -hmm. and it made a huge difference you know going out every day to coffee shops and speaking to people that are following their calling into channeling and spirituality and angels and yeah. you know and um, fairies and everything they're into and, and kombucha you know all these yeah. spiritual things that are going on yeah it, it, it creates a it's much much easier to like stay positive stay aligned you know because when you're in this energetic environment, you start, you get doubting beliefs coming up. It, it comes up through the psychic noise and through people talking to you. You know, you start getting thoughts like, maybe I don't create my own reality. It's very hard to get a clear set of mind through all the static psychic awareness. But when you move somewhere like the Andes, where I am here now, or, or Glastonbury, like a more spiritual, or perhaps Sedona in the US, or, mm. you know, you know where these places are. And you're around people with the same focus it becomes dramatically easier to follow your path and to to raise your own consciousness so yeah you have the support network yeah so, so yeah 
and, and if you can't do that you know if you really feel you can't make that leap like spend as much time as you can watching podcasts like this you know listen to uplifting <laughs> well this podcast people. will uplift you for sure <laughs> yeah with, with all the great um guests that i bring forth i you know i love to connect to consciousness and one of the things that i love growing doing growing up and i still do is to find out how everybody else does it so and 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 everybody has such different ways to connect to consciousness and um and you know tap into that that source field energy so it's always so much fun but one last question so much like no one can truly prepare for being parents okay we can all prepare for being parents and, and do all the things that we think that we need to do to prepare i don't think humanity can really be ready for first official contact with aliens Okay, no matter how much we prepare ourselves. So um, like politicians and religions likely will be the last to come around. So don't even waste your time there. That's my opinion. Um, but do you think that aliens should just proceed on a grassroots process and just land at 5D people's homes? Just <laughs> go straight to the people who are tuning into these higher fifth dimensional awareness and just kind of bypass governments and religions because i don't know what is um, your opinion on that basically yes they um you know i'm not saying that they will bypass governments and religions i think they'll be extremely excited to work with governments and religions if if the people within the governments and the religions are starting to embody the fifth dimensional consciousness in a love like service to others reality which of course mm some of them i'm sure are but but all the wars all the wars and the separatists in the wars and the the things that fuel them are not very fifth dimensional unity consciousness awareness they they're you know so how can how can they embrace where this is going with the population who is waking into this reality yeah, I, I mean, that said, I, I you know, I, I generally agree with you. I, I just didn't want to, you know, totally cut the politicians and, and the religions out because hopefully we can salvage them somehow. But, oh, but, they're, um, they're in the tail end of the wagon. They'll follow, <laughs> they'll follow, they'll follow the money. The yeah. money is where the people go. But 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 basically what, what you said is true, that they're, they're looking for people who are more spiritually conscious, more awake, because... If, if you're not somewhat spiritually awake, the like it would kind of be too much for you to have a contact experience, well, at least with the civilizations I've had contact with, because what happens in the contact experience is that the ETs aura and also the aura of their ships, which are conscious, is so overwhelming and so overbearing and so powerful that when you come into a certain proximity of the ETs, you instantly like expand into God consciousness, like all your chakras like instantly awaken, like all this Kundalini energy moves through you, you become one with creation, you know your soul, your spirit. You're having a cosmic soul. orgasm, basically. Yeah, <laughs> basically. And, 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 this, and this sounds great, but um, as, as I'm sure you know, and some of your listeners know that these awakening experiences can be very scary when they come on very very quickly and you realize that you're not a physical body you've never been a physical body and your physical body doesn't really mean that much at all yeah. even though you've left yeah. your entire life up in it yeah so you get into that higher energy 
And it is your new constant energy. You have to adapt to it. It's not like a, a 10 second zing and then you're over with. It is your new energy and you have to adapt. So that's why, you know, because I, I, I get a lot of people who are really into ufology and aliens and all that kind of stuff. And they want to get spiritual to get to to those experiences that we, we talk about. Um, but at the same time, you have to still do your, your work into raising your frequency, into raising your level of consciousness, into being fifth dimensional awareness um, or above, um, just to be able to handle connections to those, those different beings. Because like you say, and like you described, it will short you Mm. on an energetic level so um maybe that's why they don't just land but 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 if i just kind of wonder if they just landed at people's backyard okay so i'm gonna put this out there i'm, I'm still buddhist people so but if like if different ets just land in my backyard and knock on my front door and say hey vaughn we've been watching the podcast i, I would immediately say Hi, welcome. Um, first of all, let's put you on the schedule so we can have an interview because I do want to interview you um, and, and, and ask all the questions about what it's like to be, you know, in this experience. And then I would also say, however, I still do have different elements in my life that I still follow. Like I still have certain routines with the kids and with my husband and all these other things. And so, um, you know, you have to respect those parameters for engaging with me in my life. So that's just me. So I think, um, I personally think that humanity is not ever going to be ready. Just like we're never really going to fully be ready to be parents. It's just kind of one of those things that happens. And then you learn and grow as you go through the experience. And I, I personally think um, that they just need to land at 5D people's homes. Just do it. And if they can handle it, great. And if they can't handle it, they'll learn. They'll learn like we learn with everything else. Yeah. That's, so. What does the collectives, does it have any last things to say? Because I know they don't want to, they're like, I, I know they want to, everybody I talk to, they say whenever they channel different collectives um, or just even through meditation, they just say, oh, they just want to gauge, have discernment, gauge, they, you know, they want to be respectful, soft kitty gloves. And I'm just kind of like, ah, throw the soft kitty gloves away. Just go, just get on with it. You <laughs> know, get on with it and um they'll learn like they learn how to drive their car they'll learn how to walk the street they learn how to raise their kids they will learn through experience trial and error is the best teaching lesson so um if they short themselves out in a contact then take a big break and move on to the next person leave that one alone and let them learn and have their experience and then they'll when they're ready for the next um, experience you know you'll know they'll know it will attract each other so I'm saying these beings should just be attracted to other 5D people and then just have their little mini experiences. And enough people go, oh, I had an experience where I had um, the yeah, yeah, I'll come to dinner. Or I had an experience where I had the blue aliens um, come and hang out with my kids in the backyard. And 
everybody's having their experiences, eventually they're just going to get used to it and be like, I want to have my experience. You yeah, know, I'm going to get over my fear. I mean, I, I think they are very open to to having contact with, you know, many people now. Um, the, I mean, the, the issue is that the people aren't really asking for contact, you know, that they, they mm. have to respect people's free will. You know, this is kind of um, one of the mm. one of the laws of following the path of love and light, you know, that, that ha- having to respect an individual's free will so they can otherwise they can't fully evolve to the best of their ability if um you know that the ets are just saying oh here skip that bit we'll just give you some uh, bliss pill or whatever (laughs) (laughs) you know what you just pointed out to something that i i say a lot uh, um about this topic i say a lot that many people like the freak show aspect of first contact um but when they get over the freak show aspect of first contact and they immerse themselves into the society they're working alongside them they're living alongside them their children are dating um, these different beings and now they're integrated into our society the freak show aspect has subsided and now it's our new existence and a lot of people aren't ready for that so it's almost kind of like, um, you know, just different indigenous tribes for the first time seeing white people before they thought they were gods. And then they're like, oh, you're just like a regular person. And then they're immersing themselves into their society and they're integrating and they're realizing that marriage is the same no matter what race you are or what religion or what culture you're from and raising families much the same. So I think um, this is just, I, I think this is something that, um, humanity is just going to have to live and learn through that's just my personal opinion so um i think that these different collectives their fear of not freaking us out too much is respectful but it's also a form of living in fear and what do you tell the people to stop living in fear yeah, well, well, well. From my, from what I understand, that they're they're not living in fear. They're um, they're just making a sensible decision because, mm. like, um, you know, it, it it would be too much for, you know, it, it's still almost too much for me that that the contact experience like destroys mm. everything you know about yourself instantly, and you just have to let go of everything and just merge with source and become one with the experience. And, um, you know, a, a lot of people aren't ready to let go of their lives yet. Mm, yeah, good point. Oh, well, this is going to be an evolving conversation in our lifetime. So we're, we're going to have to we're going to have to touch base on this as this conversation evolves um, with humanity. Well, Jonathan, I learned so much more about this phenomenon of channeling different alien um, collectives and the messages that you get around these topics that we are all living through. And I think a lot of people will be learning how to use this tool to not only communicate with various alien civilizations that they're interested in talking to, but also with they can use channeling with deceased loved ones and other spirit beings within other realms as well. So for more information, everybody, on Jonathan Martin's online courses and his Starseed Ambassador training program, which I went through it, it's very fabulous, um, visit his website, which is starseedtraining.world. And thank you kindly to our listeners for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings.
Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.